Welcome to African Catholic Voices, a podcast service of the Pan-African Catholic Theology and Pastoral Network. My name is Father Stan Chu Ilo. I'm your host today. African Catholic Voices is a forum where we hear the voices from Africa of important church leaders, theologians, scholars, change agents, and change makers whose works witness and writings have made significant impact in advancing Catholic intellectual tradition in the continent of Africa. We also have here people who are frontline pastoral workers, the everyday church leader, catechists, priests, bishops, nuns, those who are really showing us the way, the truth, and the life by pointing us to Jesus Christ. Today, we are privileged to have as our conversation partner one of the most outstanding African theologians, someone who is a pioneer in missiology and whose works have been impactful, not only in the Catholic Church, but also in other churches, in world Christianity, as well as in world Catholicism. And I'm speaking about Father Professor Francis Anegwe Oboje. Welcome to African Catholic Voices, Professor Oboje. You're welcome, uh, Professor Stanichuilo. And thank you for making time for us from your very busy schedule. I know that you are a household name in the Catholic Academy. But for those who do not know you, who is Professor Father Francis Anegwe And what roads led you to where you are now in the church and the Catholic Academy? <laughs> well, in the first place, uh, I begin by uh, thanking you for inviting me and for this opportunity to discuss about our local church and the place of uh, African theology. And also the effort we are making in this regards of galvanizing our young people, uh, young theologians, and also encouraging the students of theology to focus on African scholarship in the area of theological education. So your question uh, with Francis Oboji, normally I'm afraid of introducing myself. That is one of the hard things I don't like doing, actually. Francis Anekwa Borg is a Catholic priest of the Archdiocese of Anisha uh, in Eastern Nigeria. That means he's a diocesan priest. He's a diocesan priest. I was ordained in 1989. So I should be around 32 years old, a priest by now, uh, this year. I uh, studied everything about priestly ordination, priestly formation from primary school to ordination, everything in Nigeria. Yeah, so I've uh, been a homemade person and I came to study after five years of priesthood in Rome. I studied here for my specialization license, that is what we call master's degree and doctorate in missiology at the Pontifical Urbana University. Thereafter, I was retained to teach in the same faculty, but was sent first to do my uh, habilitation for two years. I spent one year of research at St. Augustine's Philosophic Theologische Hochschule, St. Augustine in Germany. 
and then I came back and started teaching at Urbaniana since 1999. Uh, presently, I have the chair of contextual theology as a professor ordinaries, and that is the highest rank of professorship at the university profession level. And that is who I am. Here in Rome, they call me Professor Borgi. Uh, but those who are close to me, when I go home, they call me all two of them, but mainly just Father Borgi. Any of them goes, but Father Borgi is my identity as a Catholic priest. Professor is my identity as a, an academician, university teaching profession. So that is it. That is uh, yeah, what I'm Thank doing. Thank you very, very much, uh, Professor Oboji, for this very helpful introduction. You've come a long way, and we thank the good Lord for producing someone like you from the heartland of Iboland in eastern Nigeria, and for your hard work to come to this exalted position. And we want to plunge into an important conversation today because we are in the synodal process and the continent needs scholars like you to guide the synodal process. So first, I'd like to know, how did you receive that call for a synod on synodality by Pope Francis? And do you see any central missiological impulses in this call of Pope Francis? Oh, yes. Actually, I received it with great joy when I heard uh, the Pope announcing that the Synod on Church Synodality. But I received it with good joy, but it wasn't all that a surprise to me, knowing fully well the pastoral orientation of the pontificate of Pope Francis. Because, first of all, he's a pastor, and he's a pastor that loves to be with the people. And not just with the people, but with the lawyers. And not just with the lawyers, but the people at the periphery. So he wants that connection always with the people at the various levels. So I see that as a welcome thing that actually blossoms the, the pontificate of Francis and who he is. Uh, because that is uh, seen also in his uh, Magnus Opus document, Evangelium Gaudium, where he developed his uh, missionary ecclesiology of the church as a community of disciples, disciples sent forth, sent forth to the periphery. And so he was that interconnectedness among the disciples of Christ, among the members of the church, and between the church family itself, the local churches, the universal church, and that is the communion and autonomy to be promoted in the human relationship. So I received it with that joy that this man is actually uh, coming out with who he is. The only surprising thing there, to be sincere, is that this is the first time it's happening. He set out three-year program for this synod, and that is lined with also who he is. So he started last year, 2021, uh, begin at the level, local level, level of local churches, and it has continued this year, 2022, to be concluded next year, 2023. I think, as far as my memory can take me, uh, this is the first time uh, a such a thing is happening in the life of the church in modern time. It's a three-year program, and that tells you, actually, 
where he is going. He wants everybody to be carried along within mm -hmm. these three years, yes, to, to be part of the voices that is animating and that is also helping the church to move forward in this 21st century. So that is how I received it. And that is also my general viewpoint on where the Pope is moving with that, the synod, the ongoing synod, yeah. Thank you very much. And it's important <clears throat> you refer to Evangelii Gaudium, the programmatic document of Pope Francis. He speaks in that document of missionary conversion, missionary conversion. And looking at the present state of the church and society in Africa, how do you feel? Do you think missionary conversion is required as part of when you're analyzing the situation in Africa or the church? How do you think uh, the state of health of the church? What do you think? Yes. You know that it is not just enough for us to preach missionary conversion, but we have to have a target. What do we mean by that? Where are we going by that? What are the things entailed in the African context? So presently, the church in Africa has its own reality, which is the reality of every African. So the church in Africa cannot distinguish itself or separate itself from that African reality. And that is the African reality we are seeing today in the entire continent. At the level of the ecclesiastical level, at the social level of the people, economic level, political level, moral, psychological level. And so that uh, if we are talking of missionary conversion, it is missionary conversion of the church in Africa to enter at these strata of the life of Africa, of the African people. And then the question is what becomes the role of the church in Africa? And where has it to begin? Where has it to begin? And so that is where uh, we say that uh, actually there is need for missionary conversion, but the church by nature is missionary. It's already doing that mission, but then has to identify specific areas for giving attention. Yes, which the church in Africa has already done during the two synod, especially the first synod in 1994, when he developed a missionary ecclesiology of the church as family of God. And it's fronted by that, by seeing also that Africa is isolated at the international level. And within the African continent, there are conflicts, there are divisions, there are hatred, there are hostilities among brothers and sisters. And so they program the church with that missionary ecclesiology of the church as family of God, rooted at the Trinitarian family of mm -hmm. communion, of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we can even begin from there to give that meaning as an orientation for that missionary conversion. Mm -hmm. So how the church in Africa has to be a vanguard as a family of God in Africa of promoting this communion, reconciliation, justice and peace, which became the theme of the second synod of 2009. So we have the areas to inspire us, but then the problem is action. The problem is that we converted, are we prepared as a church, as Christians, to take risks? Yes, because we are not yet prepared to take risks. Maybe when we, we continue the discussion, I, I will explain to you what I mean by that taking risk. The taking risk we are talking about here entails, as a matter of fact, not separating our spiritual life 
from our involvement in the transformation of the lives of our people in the societal areas, in political areas, and in the economic areas. We have to see that process of social transformation has interwoven with the spiritual formation, with the spiritual growth of our people. So we are followers of Christ, missionary disciples of Christ, who have been sent to give life to our people. And you don't just give life to our people by staying only inside your house or within the sacristy, which is started, but it is in the process of joining the people to transform their life that you live out your spirituality. Yes, that you are following Christ, and in following Christ, you are giving life mm -hmm. to your people. And that is the life of Christ, life in abundance, spiritual and also physical. So that is actually where I will say the program for the church is this thing. We stop separating spirituality from our involvement in the societal transformation of our people. So how yeah, is the church yeah, in Africa? Prof, I, I, like, I like you to speak more. I like you to speak more on this because you've written quite extensively about this point. And in yes. some of your writings, you emphasize that the church cannot really carry out missionary work, the mission of God, in a society where the politics is broken where the social transformation is not taking place, where people are poor, where people are fighting each other. And yes. you talk about always about this abundant life that the church should give life. But look at the continent of Africa. A friend of mine from Burundi reminded me last week when we had our assembly of the Pan-African yes. Catholic scholars saying, look, we must give an account for genocides and mass murders occurring every day. In Nigeria, for instance, yes. people are yes. being killed in, in great numbers. And here you are, Professor Oboji, saying about the church giving life where the society is giving the people death. So how do you think that this message of giving life can happen? What's the practice when people are dying every day in mass murders? Yes. What is happening today in Africa is happening because the church in Africa has not started to bear that aspect of witness to the presence of Christ in Africa. Uh, Professor Stan, let me go a little bit deeper on this, because this is what our African theologians have been emphasizing, and also some of the modern theologians have been emphasizing on this. We have been afraid to confront our history as Africans as Christians. The African history and the Christian history, the Bible and tradition, this is the greatest source we have today to confront the African situation and promote the Christian faith and mission in Africa. There's what uh, Jamakela, this uh, Cameroonian, great Cameroonian theologian that left us a few years ago, uh -huh. that's what he called the ethics of transgression. We are afraid of our past history because fear is number one thing we have to defeat as Africans. We are afraid of our past history. But this man is saying that we have to transcend this fear, what he called the ethics of transgression. We have to go to that our dangerous history, our dangerous memory, pathetic memory, whether it is palatable or not palatable, and confront it. It is in confronting this history of ours that we transform our lives and the African life. And that is actually the Christian mission. 
the presence of the church in the society today is measured by the, to that extent the church is able to, to recognize that the church is a bearer of a treasure, of a dangerous history, a treasure, but it's dangerous. It is a heritage of the passion, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That passion of Jesus Christ is not just, just something we remember or we just celebrate like that, but something that the church as a church and every Christian is to live today in the society. This is because we are inheritors. We are bearers of this dangerous history. The German theologian, the German Baptist Mess, calls it dangerous memory. We as a church, as Christians, are bearers of this dangerous memory of the passion, the death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, we see also the Christian tradition in that light. We see also the Bible in that light. So the Bible, or what, when we study the Bible, when we study the tradition, or when we study our history, we're not just studying it for the knowledge sake. No. But this is what we are the bearers in our society today. So we are going to get involved by that entering, living that passion, that death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is the experience also in the Christian tradition, which is what the early communities, the apostles, the patristics, the saints, all of them were involved and in transforming the societies of their time. And that is why it becomes the tradition of the church. So this is what the church is a bearer today. But can we say that in Africa, the church is a bearer of the passion of the dead and resurrection of Jesus Christ in African society. But the church is the bearer of that Christian tradition, the dangerous memory, the pathetic memory of the Christian tradition that saves. Can we say that African Christians are real on this? Or we are looking for a comfortable place or to be politically polite or to befriend those who are making the people to suffer. The fact is that it is only by getting involved in the passion, in the death, and in the resurrection of Christ, seeing ourselves as bearers of this dangerous memory in the society today. If I'm to use that expression of the German theologian, John Baptist Mess, or the ethics of transgression, the African theologian, mm -hmm. and John So it is in bearing witness to this, Professor Stan, that uh, we begin to give hope to our people. And the hope we are talking about is not the hope that is just to come or hope that is open, no. It is a hope that is already realized. Because when we, re we remember how the Christians of the past bore witness, then we are not thinking just of life after, but they are, are bringing the entire people suffering into the community of believers in Christ. And it is in bringing them that church family, everybody cooperated in that church family that actually they begin to live that hope, the goodness as creatures, as human beings created in the image and likeness of God. Because the Bible tells us, the book of Genesis tells us that God created the universe, the human beings in six days, and he saw that everything he created is good, is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So the emphasis is the creation of God is beautiful. Is the creation of God beautiful today in Africa? Is the human being created in the image and likeness of God, that African that is created in the image and likeness of God, does he look good? Is he beautiful before our eye and before the eye of God? 
That is the thing. That is the question. Because we are created that good in that image, unlike in us as well. Thank good. you. Thank you, Professor Oboji. We have run out of time, but we will have Professor Oboji again next week because okay. this fountain of wisdom is a source that we need to draw from. So <laughs> we thank you, brothers and sisters, for being a part of this wonderful conversation. And we conclude our episode with a blessing. We ask you, Father, I know that you wanted to say the prayer of the First African Synod, but, but uh, this will be said in the next episode yes. where you'll be talking about how your works have evolved, discussing your contribution to missiology and what can be drawn from these works as resources for a synodal church in Africa. But for now, we ask you to say a final prayer or blessing, bringing together our thoughts and reflection of this day. Thank you. Uh, before I say the prayer, I once more want to express my appreciation to you, Professor Stan Trilo, for the invitation and to encourage you with the great work you are doing to ask God to, to, to bless you, your scholarship, and also in your pastoral undertakings. Bless you with more wisdom, with more strength, and they are also good health. Thank you. As a prayer of blessing, and also asking God to encourage all of us, Almighty God, to look on your children, your African people, and all the people in the world you have created. But especially we pray for this, we are continent of Africa. You know our needs. We know what we are passing through, what we have passed through. We hope that it is only by your divine intervention, accompanying us always, that Africa and Africans will begin to radiate that goodness in your creation and begin to fulfill the purpose for which you created us. For which also you gave us the gift of it, we are son, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. So we ask you to look inside our heart as Africans, as we are Christians, look inside also the problems we have presently as uh, in the continent in various places, especially that of conflicts, especially that of protection of human lives, especially that of poverty or suffering, man-made sufferings. We believe that with you, everything is possible. These things can become history tomorrow. We are looking for that history. We are looking for a new Africa. Africa that radiates the love, the joy, the dignity for which human beings are created in that image and likeness of you, who are God and redeemed by the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So bless us and bless also all our listeners. Help us continue to accompany us and also bless the ongoing synod on uh, church synodality, make its fruit reach the entire world, especially in Africa. We make the prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And uh, thank you, brothers and sisters, for being a part of this episode. Until we see you next week for the second part of this conversation with Professor Francis and Nepo Borji. We ask you to be strong in your faith. 
Be faithful and fervent in love. Be courageous in hope. Take care of yourself. Take care of your brothers and sisters. Let us take care of this beautiful earth that God has given us and hold on to what is true, beautiful, good, worthy of praise and loving. Bye.